Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, Associate Editor at The Tracking Board, and with me, as always, are... I'm Hai Chen Bui, a contributor to USA Today and a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. So today, uh, we are going to be talking about something a little bit off the beaten path in terms of what we've discussed in our podcast so far. We're like in the full swing of summer now, and um, although a lot of people associate summer with summer blockbusters, your sequels, your superhero franchises, um, we feel like this summer has been a bit lackluster in terms of the summer movies that Hollywood is offering us. So we kind of decided to turn to another aspect of summer that we've all, like pop culture aspect of summer that we consider very uh, required. Um, <laughs> maybe required isn't the best word. No, uh, it's definitely required, yes. I think. Required reading, required. actually. <laughs> this, is, this is homework, guys. <laughs> this is your homework. For yeah. the- we have to do a book report in September. Yeah. We are expecting that on our Facebook page mm-hmm. or on our blog. Mm-hmm. 500 so. words or less. <laughs> Summer reading, guys. MLA format. Oh, God. Exactly. Times Chicago New Roman. style only. Chicago style is the best style, guys. Um, I only had Times New Roman for my schools. So I don't know about you guys. We, like the font? Yeah. <laughs> they always required that for me. Yeah, time. Like, I remember in high school it was Times New Roman in MLA format, and then I got to college and I could finally shed MLA format because I hate MLA format. Yeah. And I was like, please, the Bible of Chicago manual style. Yeah, I never used Chicago either because I used MLA. <gasps> okay. Wait, tangent, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, this is sort of about reading. It is I was going to say, reading. this is the nerdiest tangent I think we've ever been on. This yeah. is a great tangent. Keep going. Keep super going. niche. Anyways, okay. MLA in elementary school, and then I went over to AP style immediately because journalism. Anyways, uh, we are going to be talking about summer reading. Whatever we or you guys as listeners are taking to the beach, to your road trips, to your vacations, or whatever you just want to read. Um, in your backyard or in your house on a nice summer day. Um, this is kind of just talking about what we, what books we feel really suit the summer or what kind of books we generally read during the summer. Um, Anya, why don't you start us off? I always kind of associate summer reading with um, familiarity, like books that I've read before and I kind of take like the leisure of summer to kind of revisit those books. Um, so, like, on my flight to see you guys, I reread The Two Princesses of the Bamar. Yes. Um, you know, I got through it in two sessions of reading, and, you know, it was just nice to kind of, to, like, a warm blanket that you've had your whole life wrap it around you again. Um, and I am in the midst of my Harry Potter reread right now. I'm on Order of the Phoenix. Um, and... Reading it right now and just, like, taking my time with it, I really recommend people, like, do a Harry Potter reread one summer if they can because it's really nice. Um, I have a newfound appreciation for order that I've never had before. I think it might be one of my favorite books once this reread is over. Nice. Because I think it's brilliant the way that she constructs this book, and I never appreciated that as a younger reader. Um, And so I just, you know, I just like revisiting things that I know, but I'm now, like rediscovering in new ways. And I think summer is a good time for that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Despite now we have full-time jobs and everything, I always feel like summer is more leisurely time. And I always think like, oh, I can take so many vacations or, oh, I can read so many books. I feel like I do read more books in the summer. I don't know why, but I'm always more mo- motivated to read more. Um, it's probably just like the summer reading um, kind of lessons that we were hammered into when we were kids, just like, read so so and so many books when you're a kid, have this many on your list. Um, but it's not even just, like, out of that practice, but I just enjoy reading. Um, especially in, like, yeah, I, I agree with Anya. Summer reading for me is definitely about nostalgia and familiarity. Um, if I recall, actually, the Harry Potter books were always released in the summer, I'm pretty sure. Right? Yes. Uh, yeah. At least the last... Um, since like the fifth, sixth, and seventh were all um, released in July, uh, I'm not sure about the earlier ones because I, I I got those later and like I got those like a, as like a birthday gift, yeah. which is in the fall. I remember like people reading that those at camp, 
when we went to camp. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Basically racing through to try to get to the end first so you could spoil it for everyone else. Because we were all say, jerks. Like, I, spoiler culture began on the playground, guys. Like, I think we're, I think we're hitting, hitting the nail on the head there. Honestly. You know, I, I had plenty of friends who were reading, like, The Half-Blood Prince, and I had already finished it because I, I, like, took four days out of my life to just read through it from, like, Thursday to Sunday. So that way, by the time I get to camp on Monday, I'll have the knowledge and in the know and people will be asking for my secrets and I won't tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So have you reread anything this summer, HD? Actually, funny thing. I was rereading a book just now because, um, I'm currently at my, uh, aunt's house babysitting my little cousin. She's 12 years old, a budding feminist. May I say, Uh, I lent her one of my favorite series when I was not even a kid when I was recently, (laughs) The Bartimaeus Trilogy, and I was rereading the first one, because um, I lent it to her, and I kind of saw it lying around here, uh, and I was just like, oh man, I need to reread it, and it's such a good series. It's, um, I think I've talked about it before, I've, ex- I've extolled the series uh, previously, but um, it's just basically about an alternate world in which magicians rule through, like, the government, and, um... They create magic by summoning genies, or another word for genies. And um, these genies are basically like kind of a glamorous version of their slaves, and they command them to do uh, all sorts of magical tasks and stuff like that. But um, it's really interesting, and it's told from the point of view of like a young, burgeoning magician who is like really ambitious and wants to rise high in the government, but. Um, is has is stuck with like a really lowly master and um it's told the other point of view is from one of the genies themselves who's like super sardonic and he has like he operates on multiple planes of thought so actually in addition to the text there's also thousands of footnotes at the at the bottom to just like to show what else he's thinking and it's hilarious because a lot of the jokes are in the are hidden in those footnotes so it's a really good read um and i was just like rereading that because it's just so fun um, but yeah, summer is always a great time to reread things. Um, although I think as of now, I've been trying to like get through more new books, but another thing that I associate in addition to familiarity, uh, with summer is nostalgia. Um, whether it's something that you remember about your own childhood or whether it's something that is like a story about slice of life or as nostalgic in a sense. Yeah. Um, uh, one really good example uh, is Stargirl by Jerry Spinelli. Uh, and it's a really great, just wonderful, poignant slice of life story about this girl who kind of... Have you guys read it? I don't no. think so. Oh, it was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. Um, but it's just, like, told from the point of view of, like, this kid in high school who's just, like, very average and mundane. And then, like, this girl who's, like, the epitome of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl suddenly comes in and lights the whole school school up and everyone is immediately taken with her but then it being high school and also so society because everything is like a little miniature version of society um they immediately turn on her for being different and not conforming so it's just kind of like this whole really interesting look into like the societal pressures on women and stuff like that in a little high school lens and it's really sweet and just like it not heartbreaking, but it is a little bit, like, a little bit of a tearjerker. But not in, like, a sappy Nicholas Sparks way. It's it's a sweet slice-of-life book. Um, yeah, I, I love, like, those kind of slice-of-life books um, that kind of show you, that kind of find, like, magic in the mundane. Um, I think that especially Haruki Murakami, who I've been reading a lot lately, is really good at that. And I read... One of his books that I read recently, Norwegian Wood, is a really great example of that. It's just kind of like, then it's a little more tragic, actually. I'd say it finds like the tragedy in mundane, but it's also about this guy who um, falls in love with like this mentally ill woman who he knew in high school, and like it felt very much like she was a whole representation of their high school past, and that he was in love with that kind of childhood memories and stuff. But she couldn't move on, and as long as she couldn't, then he couldn't, and. It's very sad, and it's set in the 60s, and it's a really great, gorgeous book. 
Um, those are the kind of things I associate with summer nostalgia, familiarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Willoughby, what do you associate with, like, summer, and especially when it comes to, like, summer reading? Um, I definitely agree with you guys that, that there's definitely, like, I have a penchant for, like, rereading books during the summer. Um, and also, like, trying out new books at the same time. Um, but one of the books that I've, I reread, not every year, but every couple of years, I, I read it in the summer is The Great Gatsby um, by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um and I don't know, I, it's kind of funny that you guys are talking about nostalgia and stuff because that book is kind of like the thesis on that, um, especially about how dangerous it could be at, um, with Gatsby and whatnot. Uh, but I really I really like it because it's like, it is a simple read if you're like, uh, because I mean, that, I guess that's kind of why it's taught in high schools and stuff because it's like, it's not dense at all. Um, but it is, it's packed with a lot of like, neat themes and 20s stuff jazz and whatnot um and also like the parties and stuff like it's a it's always fun when characters go to parties because you you can kind of see like how they interact with each other um and i don't know i really like i like gatsby um i've also uh last last summer i read uh modern romance by aziz ansari um that was a really great fun summer read because uh it it it's very funny and very light on its on its feet, um, but also very scientific and informative about modern relationships in our age. I like that you mentioned that because I remember um, "Yes Please" by Amy Poehler came out in the summer, and I remember reading that. I also found that Amy Poehler um, made a really good summer reading. I think probably for the same reason you're saying is like they're comedians and they're light and funny, but you know they have really great commentary too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I also uh, was, last year read uh, "Paddle Your Own Canoe" by Nick Offerman, uh, who has also come out with another book, "Gumption," which I would recommend. It's about his like twenty five, twenty six um, most influential people in his life. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt being one of them too. Um, I might be on there. Just kidding, I'm not. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a. It, uh, all these comedians put out books, and they're fun to read during the summer. Yeah, I actually haven't read any of. I think I bought Mindy Mindy Holling's book, but I well, I think Which it's just one? like a personal thing. Her from two years ago, I think, not the most recent. Okay, one. both of her books are really great, but her yeah. most recent one is like top notch. Yeah, I'm like personally, I don't read a lot of nonfiction, so I think that's the case. I don't read a lot of memoirs or anything like that. Unless they are, they have sort of a narrative path. I think the last memoir I read was like a long way gone, which was about a child soldier. So that one definitely was a little bit more uh, pointed than something out of a comedian. So I don't know. I mean, it's just like I haven't got around to them. I think I would enjoy them, but uh, I usually just like go immediately to fiction whenever I am given the choice. Although I actually did read um, last summer actually, uh, Truman Capote's short stories, uh, what book was it? It was Music for Chameleons, um, a compilation of short stories, uh, nonfiction in the way that Truman Capote was nonfiction. If you're familiar with any of his work, he wrote In Cold Blood, and he kind of has a way of, like, dramatizing, uh, basically what he says are true stories, like, In Cold Blood was one of the first true crime books. Um, but a lot of people who read it were like, this didn't actually happen, or he, like, gave it some sort of dramatic flair at the end. But, um, Music for Chameleons was really fun. It had a fun, a lot of good short stories. One was another true crime one, and one was, like, a sort of day with Marilyn Monroe, which was really sad. It was kind of, like, him wandering around with her in New York, and, like, they went to a funeral together, and it was, like, a couple of months before her death. So, it was a little bit, Yeah. But yeah, I've never really been into like nonfiction. I, f- I probably should give it more of a chance, though. I really like nonfiction. I mean, mm-hmm. I like all sorts. But yeah, I have an appreciation for nonfiction. Same when it comes to movies. I think documentaries are really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not all of them. But um, nonfiction can be really great. I was I wanted to ask you guys. I feel like when it comes to summer reading, people often associate it with like chiclet or really like lighter reading, fluffier stories. And I'm wondering if you guys feel the same way, if, like, summer is meant to be kind of a time when you don't read, like, really heavy stuff. 
And if it's just because summer is meant to be fun and relaxing and it's vacation, like, what do you guys think about, like, it's kind of, I feel like summer reading is often just, like, defined as fluffy, light reading. I can agree with that. Um, I feel like in the summertime, I mean, if you're, like, I mean, personally, like, I don't go to the beach because I burn up like a vampire. But if I was to go to the beach and read, I wouldn't want to read, like, a dense historical fiction book. I would want to read something fun, like, I don't know, like, uh, Glenn Walden's The Cape Cape Crusade, which uh, I read not too long ago. Like, that was a really fun, easy read to get through about the history of Batman. Um, I'm kind of half and half. Uh, because I really do enjoy that sort of light, fluffy summer reading um, if I'm on the beach or, like, at the pool or something because then I can just read it and fall asleep. But sometimes I kind of take advantage of being stuck on the beach without Wi-Fi and just, like, lug along a giant book or classic that I haven't been able to finish because I get too easily distracted and I just, like, finish it at the beach. Um, I did this with George R. R. Martin's... Uh, a Dance with Dragons. Dance with Dragons. Because it was it's taking me forever to read, so I just brought it to the beach with me, and I finished the whole thing. And then there was a room with the Man, view. I want a new book, you guys. Yeah, I know. I want it so bad. I want the new book. It's going to take forever. I want to go to the beach and read it. <laughs> the ironic oh. it came out during the summer, and it's, it's called Winds of Winter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, or no, just a curveball and throw it in the fall. Oh my gosh, Winds of Winter. Put it in the spring or something. Although he has a, a dream of spring for his last one, so never mind. I hope that comes out in the fall. If it comes out in the winter. But yeah, I mean, so we're going to be like 50 years old when these books come out, so might as well yeah. start right now. Who, know who knows if they'll ever come out, though, honestly. Uh, no, don't say that. <laughs> I need it. I need to know how the real story ends, honestly, not D&D like, &D story. There's no one that I empathize more with than George R. R. Martin because I am the hugest procrastinator and there's no one procrastinating more than him. Like, <laughs> he's the kind who would just turn in his college paper a semester later or something. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, I kind of am half and half, yeah. I tend to just bring in bulky books to the beach just so I can finish them. Actually, that's how I finished Pride and Prejudice because though I do enjoy Jane Austen, she is not my favorite writer. Um, I finish but you that. use summer to I use the summer it. to like finish it. And actually, it suits the summer, sort of. It's kind of that... It is a little bit chiclety, but in a more like deep and satirical way. But it's... I am literally so glad you brought this up. Please. Take because us on a Jane Austen route. I was going to mention Jane Austen because you guys know how much I love her. Yes. But, like, I, I always I always find that summer, I always like to reread Jane Austen at summer. But it's weird because I also, like, associate her with, like, winter as well. And, like, if it's, like, really cold outside mm -hmm. and, like, curling up where it's warm. And, like, I always feel like Jane Austen's really nice for that, too. So it's weird. I, I kind of associate with her with both. But, like... I reading some nice good Jane Austen during summer is always like my idea of fun. Like summer movie marathon of Jane Austen movies and you'll make like beef stew. Like that is my idea of like a perfect night. Yeah. I used to see Jane Austen in the summer too, but not for the same reason as you, just for the reason that I just <laughs> managed to bring all her books to the beach and finish them there. Well, have you read all of them? I have read I've read, I think I've read only two or three, actually. Not all of them. Okay. I've read Emma. I've read Pride and Prejudice. I've read Sense and Sensibility. Um, okay. Like, the main ones, basically. Yeah. You should, Northanger Abbey, I think you would really like. I think you would love Catherine. Yeah, because it's a play off of the gothic romance, I know, because she's, like, obsessed with goth gothic romances and keeps thinking that there's going to be some Byronic hero sweeping in off her feet. I'm pretty sure anyways yeah and her hero in the book Tilney is just a sweetheart and I love him I think you would really like Northanger Abbey and then the last two Mansfield Park and Persuasion are probably two of the most difficult slash easily misunderstood books of hers yeah so Persuasion is the one that was not fully written when it was published right is that the fact I that the think one? so yeah it was like completed after her death I remember that, that one or Mansfield Park. Yeah. I think I tried yeah. to get... Yeah. I, yeah. 
Jane Austen's great. <laughs> Speaking of gothic romance, sorry, Willoughby, you're just going to talk about this a little bit longer. This is not no, actually a full gothic romance because gothic romance is very much a genre I also associate with the winter being stuck in um, very castle. cold castle walls while, you know, there's howling and possible crazy well, for ex-wives living in the attic, that kind of thing. Um, but it kind of, I really like Rebecca reading that in the summer because despite it having gothic romance roots, it's actually more of a subversion on the gothic romance, somewhat in the way that, from what I hear, um, uh, Northanger Abbey is. But it's just like, it's very much in the vein of what you typically read in the summer, like a kind of murder mystery sort of thing, except it's her finding out about her husband's former wife, and it slow, the whole picture slowly unravels as you go along. It's also made into a Hitchcock film, which you can watch in the summer after you read the book. But it's one of my favorite books as well. It's one of those books that has like been permanently, like the pages are permanently turned in because I just have read it so many times. Um, I think it combines all my all the best aspects of summer reading, even though it is a little bit heavier because it's it has a mystery. It's gothic and it has that sort of subversive twist to it and it's kind of just like a little bit pulpy too which i enjoy all right yeah will be we've been talking too long so uh is there anything that you want to add about summer reading um not much not much uh i know that uh you guys talked about harry potter early on in the in the episode uh but i when the eighth movie came out back in 2011, I had done a reread myself, uh, which was the first time since reading them originally um, that I had read reread them. Um, and it was, I think, Anya, you, you're you're experiencing what I'm I experienced back then, where it's like you're discovering a lot more like mature reading, um, like reading into the characters of J.K. Rowling uh, that that maybe one hadn't come across in like an initial read when we were like 12 or 13, but um, going back and being like adults and reading these books, it's really interesting. Um, And that that was a really fun experience, especially because I was able to to reread all eight, uh, I mean all seven books before the eighth movie. And so by the time I got to the theater, I was like, like ensconced in Harry Potter world. Um, the best. And so like, I was just like, well, I know they're doing that differently, but it, thematically I'm still crying like a baby. <laughs> thematically. Um, I started crying at the Warner Bros <laughs> logo when it started uh, coming out. Of course. Uh, and that 19 years later epilogue, like the only good thing about that epilogue is that it just plays uh, Hedwig's theme the entire time. Okay. Oh, now we're getting to the emotional part. Uh, Harry Potter is the best. Uh, I can reread it all anytime, and in the summer, I think that's it's a perfect reread spot in the year to reread it because you know, most likely, you know, the only thing you have going on is work or maybe summer camp or you know if you're still a kid or you know there's no school and you have plenty of time during like the weekends and stuff to do reading. So I think Harry Potter in the summer is probably like my number one pick when it comes to like a book series to reread. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever associate, like, books with a certain time period? Because, like, that's when you first read them. Oh, definitely. Or, like, yeah. Like, Gatsby is all about junior year of high school for me. Um, Which was one of my favorite years of high school. Um, And so, like, when I reread it, uh, and, like, I, I put on the music that I listened to when I was in high school while I'm listening to that, or while I'm reading the book... And it kind of, it throws me back into that time where, I mean, where, you know, it's just kind of fun to kind of like relive memories in your head. Uh, Because like with music and reading, you can kind of associate those memories very distinctly. Mm. Yeah. Do you have one like that, HT? Um, Probably To Kill a Mockingbird, which is another book very associated with nostalgia, like the uh, novel itself. Um, but it's not something that I read through school. I actually found it in my older cousin's room when I was in, um, I think, sixth grade. And I was, like, looking through her bookshelf. 
and I like I sat down and read it while I was in her room and just kind of fell in love with the whole story. And then I got to read it again in page I read again eighth grade, and I was like, I read this already. But yeah, it's very much a, a book I associate with youth, which is really not ironic, very fitting, considering like the whole book is told through the lens of youth and is very much about that for, forgotten time period, I guess I would say. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. funny that like a lot of books that are assigned to us while we were in high school, that we remember from high school, are books that both deal with and that we look at nostalgically. I don't know if that's like their purpose. Maybe they did do it purposely like that. So we could talk about it in a podcast know. 10 there's, years later. There's one... <laughs> There's uh, one book that I associate with my trip to England uh, with my dad, which is uh, George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> I, thought I, was be- I thought I was being a real smartass by reading a book about English dictatorship uh, while traveling through England. Uh, and it, I was just, I was like 2009, so I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm, this is funny because I'm reading this book in, in England and I also did that with like V for Vendetta on like the plane ride over um, so um, but I associate reading 1984 with that specific trip to England uh, in the summer ironically uh, enough that it happened in the same time that we're talking about right now nice yeah I was gonna mention not quite summer um but I could probably read it in summer. But I know, I think I've mentioned on here before, my love for War and Peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite novels of all time. Um, that And I read it fall semester, my last year of college, because it was uh, 2012, the bicentennial of 1812, when Napoleon invaded, which is when the book takes place. So, like, I always associate it with, like, that time period. But, like, I feel like it would also make good I'm like oh yes warm peace great, <laughs> great like, summer, summer reading, reading. <laughs> great summer reading <laughs> um, but I feel like I could take my time with it over summer um, it, it really is a really wonderful book um, but yeah it's it's weird I feel like it actually make kind of a nice long summer read Anya that might um, be my <laughs> next beach read just lug this entire volume of war and peace or it's two volumes isn't it both volumes of War and Peace Dude, the that's, Beach. That's, that's, that's what ebooks are for, AT. Yeah, well, I, I don't like ebooks, first of all. I get, like, I get, I read books to get away from the screen, and it's just another screen to me, despite it, you know, supposedly being better for reading. I just, I can't deal with I it. I mean, fair, but it would be a nice way to read War and Peace on the Beach. But I'm going to lug the volume with me because I don't like all the right. percentage thing, and it will be just like, I can, it'll be, I don't know, I like this. I like the feel of real pages. I can't read on ebooks. I tried for a couple of years, and I just like would not be able to get through books because of the whole screen thing. And also, I would use my iPad and like use an ebook app. I think that was part of it, but I don't know. I just oh, can't. not like a, not like an actual Kindle. No, not like a the Kindle, Kindle app because I am cheap, and I just use my old iPad, and it just like gave me more screen to look at. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I couldn't even finish the last girl, the Dragon Tattoo book despite it being very good, because I was just reading on this giant screen, and I was like, okay. I'm just going to go back to my good old books that are torn because I lend them to my sister. So, yeah. So, <laughs> nice. Um, another book series that I just realized that I, I read during the summer was uh, the first three uh, books of A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm. Um, during 2012, I, I had no job. I was in an apartment by myself, in the summer in D.C., and I just hit the ground running, and I read A Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, and A Storm of Swords in uh, one summer uh, on a Kindle Fire, actually. So it wasn't like quite an iPad. It was a bit smaller, but still like the same idea behind it, where it's just a screen. Um, but it was really interesting as like as each book, as I hit, got to each new book, you know, the percentage got, you know, it took more time to get from 1% to 2%. And then from, and then like the page count, like I didn't even know like what these numbers were meaning. It was like page 1000 of 10,000. I'm like, what pixels are you doing? So it was a lot. Um, but I, I powered through them. It was, it, it was very interesting to read that. See, maybe series. I'm being an inefficient beach reader, but I just like knowing where I am in a book and being able to check like, 
oh, at what point am I in this giant novel? Can I see? I'm a, I'm actually afraid of doing that because I'm afraid of like skipping to a page and reading something I don't want to read. No, I never you know, like do a spoiler. That. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> my eyes glance too much. But yeah, I'm a, a paper book reader all the way. I'm the only one supplying Barnes and Noble with their um, with their business still because I keep buying books and not reading them. Ah, probably another aspect of summer reading that we haven't touched on. What books? Are lying around that you meant to read this summer, but have not oh gotten gosh. to yet. Oh gosh! <laughs> so many. I actually, uh, I actually do have like an like an actual list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of books, and I could, we could, we should go through our list of books that we have. Oh god. Okay, so I've got books that I haven't finished, but I'm like twenty five, thirty percent of the way through. So I've got American Gods by Neil Gaiman. I've got The Bully Pulpit um, by Doris Curtin's Goodwin. Um, which I've talked about before on the podcast. Um, I've got Star Wars Bloodline, which I talked about last week. Um, and uh, just uh, uh, The Wilderness Warrior, which is another Teddy Roosevelt book, and Alexander Hamilton, um, the Ron Chernow biography about Alexander Hamilton. It's a great book. Yeah. I just haven't finished it. I mean, it's so long. It's, it's like pretty he, long. It, the dude was writing like he was never running out of time. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> what about you, HT? What's on your list? All right. So, I don't... I, can't, I don't have... I'm not at home right now, so I can't look through my bookshelf and see, like, all the books that I've bought recently and have not been able to read. But I have two books that I'm currently in the middle of that I just not have not been able to get through. Um... One is A Hundred Years of Solitude, which I'm pretty sure I started two years ago. And I always so you've got 98 years left. Hey. Uh. Um, but I actually started it summer two years ago, and it was supposed to be my like summer read at the beach, not, ha- not have anything else to do kind of book. But I kept reading it and falling asleep. And it's actually a really great book, and it is very up very much up my alley in terms of like being magical realism and being like this intergenerational sort of story. Um, but it's very dense and it's also very hard to get like stay along with. And, um, so I always forget like whatever plot point happened. I don't even remember like the plot points, um, whenever I try to read it again. So it's, it's been a tough two years trying to get through that book. So I, in the middle of like that book, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to read a couple other books and get back to it. And I've read like, I don't know how many other ones. I just haven't gotten back to it after that. And then another one that I started last summer. Oh, no. Was it last summer? It was this past fall, actually. No. I got it for Christmas for my sister. It's one of her professors who wrote it. So she got it, she gave it for me for Christmas, and I started reading it. It's called A History of Seven Killings. And it is actually a non-fictional book, uh, sort of. It's like semi-fictionalized um, about this shooting that happened at Bob Marley's house during this concert in um, oh, an assassination attempt in 1976 on Bob Marley and in which his, his manager and several other people were killed. Um, it's really great. It tells like this really um, interesting and very dense and gritty and dark story about Jamaica in, ni- in the 1970s and how drug addled it was and how like there's a lot of racial tensions and it was just like it's, it wasn't good summer reading. Rather, it wasn't good lunch reading because I kept trying to read it at lunch. And I was just like, this is too dark. It's giving me anxiety. But it's good and I need to get back to it so I can tell my sister that I finished reading her professor's book. Um, but yeah, those are the two books that I'm like stuck on right now. I can't even talk about the 20 other books on my bookshelf that I bought recently. I, <laughs> I actually bought a couple more books last week, so I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. You must buy books. Books like I buy movies. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just sometimes just stop into Fye or Best Buy and just see what movies I can get. Yeah, I don't even, I, I don't even like really watch them. Like I bought Crazy Stupid Love and and The Town the other day, and I just Crazy Stupid Love is such a great movie. Well, yeah, I mean hilarious. I've seen it, but yeah. like I haven't watched it on on the DVD I bought yet, and mm-hmm. as, as well as The Town. Um, yeah, whenever I get so like I've just got. Go ahead. Oh. Um, whenever I walk into a used bookstore, I get a little bit crazy. And, like, one time my mom and I were at a used bookstore in Richmond, and it had 
like five rooms worth of books just stacked on top of each other. And I got so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I couldn't like, it's a little overwhelming. I couldn't move for like a couple of seconds. I was just like, I don't know what to look for. Uh, anyways. Oh, man. Yeah. Continue. Willoughby. No, I was, I was pretty much uh, done with that. Okay. Anya, I you heard- go to your list. Um, so, like, so far, I, I've gotten a couple off my list, like, before I did my Harry Potter reread, um, I did a couple rereads, and I read some new books, um, like, I finally reread Stardust, uh, by Neil Gaiman, um, which is actually not one of my favorite Neil Gaiman books, um, but one of my favorite movies, so I wanted to just reread it again, but, um, I reread Ophelia Thinks Harder, which is a play, um, it's Hamlet, but from Ophelia's point of view, um, and it's super feminist and great. Um, they're making a movie about that, right? I don't know if it's based on like that play, but I know they're making a movie about Ophelia, right? With Daisy um, Ridley as Ophelia. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I um, ship Ophelia and wow, my favorite character in Hamlet, Horatio. Um, yeah, that's why I like uh, Ophelia and Ham- or Horatio together, and Hamlet can go suck it because he's the worst. <laughs> well, he's an AC um, team, the- so Horatio's the best. Um, so I, re- I reread those, um, and then I also read, um, Trials of Apollo, which is a new, uh, series in the Percy Jackson universe from Rick Reardon, which is so great. Mm. Trials of Apollo is so fun. You have, like, canon queer characters, but they're not, like, defined by their sexuality, and it's so wonderful, especially for a kid series. Um, so those are what I have read, and now I'm in the middle of my Harry Potter reread, and let me just read the little, like, list I have for you. Like, that's on my, oh my to-read list. You have it, like, on your um, computer. <laughs> I do. No, I have, like, a I have a spreadsheet of, like, TV shows, books. That's adorable. Like, projects I'm working on. It's cute. I would put movies on there, but, like, there are too many of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been thinking about cataloging my movies, too. <laughs> so, on my to-read list, I have, there's um, a biography on Billy Joel that just came out that I want to read because I love Billy Joel. Um, I want to read a biography on Christopher Marlowe because he's one of my favorite, like, literary figures, poets. Um, I really like him, especially in Shakespeare's time. Um, I've never read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and so I really want to read that. Have you watched the movie? I have not. I want to watch it after I read the play. I know. The movie is so good. I definitely need to see it. Um, I want to read The Witches by Stacey Schiff, which is about the Salem Witch Trials. Mm. Um, I want to read... <laughs> there are only a couple more, I promise. Um, I have Codename Verity, which was recommended to my friend. I want to read The Martian and Brooklyn, because I really love the movies. So I want to read the books that are based, that are from them. Willoughby's, like, freaking out right now, you guys. The Martian is so good! Yes, I got It's a really fun read. Like, put that up at number one. Like, <laughs> The Martian is so good it's so funny oh my god it's so heartbreaking it's so good <laughs> well i'm excited to read it um and then last on my list i want to read um shonda rhymes book year of yes um so yeah so i definitely got some reading planned we'll see how fast we'll see how many like i add before i start crossing things off mine is not even a crossing off it's just an ad i just keep adding books <laughs> yep. it keeps happening mm-hmm. all the time we struggle. So, do you guys have anything else to add about our discussion on reading? I actually wanted, you both mentioned American Gods, which was one of my favorite books that I've read recently. Oh, it's and so good. It's actually what I think is perfect summer reading because it is the definition of a road trip book. And you can just, you can actually just visit all the places that they have in the books because each of the locations, uh, fan- like whether they're based in fantasy or not, are actual locations in America. And um, it's just, like, it's a really good book about this former prison convict who gets enlisted by this mysterious man named Mr. Wednesday to go on this trip and kind of gather up all the American gods. And, like, gods in a sense of, like, their physical manifestations of whatever people, like, truly believe in or worship, whether it be, like, Jesus or whether it be um, media or the internet. It's really fascinating, and it's just so fun, and it's kind of, it almost acts as a series of vignettes, um, in a way, that are kind of, like, interwoven throughout this long story, but it's so good. The writing is amazing. It's some of the best writing I've seen from Neil Gaiman, and it really turned me on to him. 
And I actually have been trying to read more game and stuff because of that. But I, like, got caught up in my Haruki Murakami craze right now. So I'm going to try to go back to him. Neil Gaiman's one of those weird authors for me because I don't always love him as a writer. Mm. Like, there are particular works of his that I really love. And then some that I'm just kind of, like, eh on. But, like, as a human being, Neil Gaiman is, like, probably in my, like, top five I love human him. beings of all time. Like, just as a person, he is the best. He just, he, yeah, he, I agree with you completely. I, I follow him on both Twitter and Tumblr, and, like, there's nothing I see that I dislike about him whenever he posts about stuff or whenever he writes about, whenever he talks about, like, the behind the scenes about his books or his writings. He just, like, talks about the writing process, and he seems so encouraging of other writers. He's like, you are the best, Neil Gaiman. And he's, like, a giant geek, too. So I just, like, I love him. I need to read more of his stuff. I heard Trigger yes. Warnings came out recently, and I heard that was really good. Another, like, compilation yeah. of short stories, um, but fictional. His oh. short stories are really good. Yeah, his short stories are amazing. Actually, sometimes I feel like his short stories are stronger than his novels. He writes better Agreed. in that kind of, like, that Agreed. space. Um, I read one of his books recently, uh, The House at the End of the Lane, I think. I think that was the, the word. And it felt mm-hmm. very yeah. much just, like, a stretched-out short story because it didn't really have the depth or kind of build-up that a novel requires it just kind of stopped and i was just like this feels more like a really interesting short story but not a great novel so i feel like a lot of his works are kind of like that but american gods, i agree yeah american gods works really well because it's just like vignette 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 and then kind of story woven along mm-hmm. yeah. which is why it's going to be a great tv show yeah. Yeah. with brian fuller at the helm another unproblematic fave <laughs> Wait, uh, wait, did you say unproblematic? Yeah, unproblematic fave. Sorry, yeah, I good. slurred. Brian Fuller is, like, yes. perfect. He is great. I love him. I love his all-cap sweets. <laughs> yeah. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, do you guys have anything else end up our, finish our summer reading discussion? Uh, just that you guys inspire me to read more, because I don't read a lot, and you guys have so many great recommendations. Yay, reading! And you guys inspired me to finally pick up that Mindy Calling book and read more comedian memoirs. Yes, yeah. do it. They're so great. I need to. All right, so is it time to go on to our last segment? Yes. Yes, it is. Our last segment of the episode, I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. So, um, Willoughby, what do you really, really like for this week? I've got two things. Um, the first is that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is on Netflix, and I've been binging the latter half of the season. Um, I had previously caught the first eight episodes on Hulu, and then I uh, got lost track of time in TV because there's a thousand TV shows to watch. Um, but it came on Netflix, like, on, uh, like, July 1st, um... And I've been watching it uh, the past couple days, and I'm on, like, the second... I'm actually on the last episode, Um, so I'm going to finish that up after we're done recording. Um, But as far as I can say, I love it. It's a great, great TV show. Um, Great mix of drama and comedy and music and just fun. And um, Rachel Bloom as Rebecca Bunch is great. and Santino? Santino Fontana! I know him That's the name. I know that he's Filipino. He's great. And I just learned that we have an Asian lead as a romantic interest in that show. Well, that's, I don't know why I, I didn't know about it before. It's not Santino, but... Oh, Santino but, Fontana is the... Um, he's the voice of Hans from Frozen. Right, right. He's another character. Um, and he's like he's, uh, a, an, a love interest of... Uh, Rebecca and and uh, the actor who plays Josh Chan is Filipino, um, and he is like the main love interest. Spoiler, not really. Um, um, I would not call him the main love interest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't finished the season yet, but I mean, like, it's she kind of a love triangle. Well, there's like got, a love square. Yeah, she kind of goes back and forth between the two of them, which I mean, it, it's all drama, but it's great. Um, so yeah, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, really loving it. Um, Such a great show. Really inclusive, like of like different peoples, races, um, sexualities. It's um, 
it's really fun. Um, and my second thing is Pokemon Go. I thought uh, that the <laughs> yeah, um, it came out a couple days ago, and it's the um, altered reality. Al- um, Augmented, that's the word. Uh, augmented reality um, app for your phone where you can catch Pokemon in real life using your camera. And you can battle other Pokemon and you can uh, train them. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like at the closest we can get to playing like Pokemon in the real life. Um, it's been fun. It's been, uh, it's really interesting to see like where, how they've mapped out where Pokemon are in like locations. Um, they they try to make it so like grass type Pokemon's are in the grass, um, and like nocturnal Pokemon are at night, and water Pokemon are by the water. So it's been and the graphics are pretty good. The only problem is that um, they've been having a lot of server issues because it's very popular. Pokemon is the most popular thing since like '96, uh, so they've been running into that. But I mean, I've been at work all day, so I haven't had time to do, deal with that. Um, but it's it's been fun. It's it's a fun casual game. Uh, some people are taking it pretty far. Um, tomorrow I'm going downtown to the National Mall to see what Pokemon are down there. So nice. Probably a lot of grass uh, types, huh? Probably, and, and seeing what monuments. Because like the thing about they they say is that like public places are like where a lot of stuff happens with like gyms and Pokemon catching and training and like transferring like you could do a lot of stuff in public spaces they've done that on the app so i'm gonna i want to see what's like at the monuments and stuff um so yeah pokemon go and crazy ex-girlfriend nice I'm just all like, right ht what about you my really really like i actually hadn't decided what my really really like was but i've decided just now um my really really like it. is that mr robot is coming back uh, it's a USA show that is a very non-USA show. It stars Rami Malek and Christian Slater. And it is a show about a hacker who's a little bit mentally unstable and gets embroiled in this sort of conspiracy to bring down uh, the, basically, economy of, well, like, the banks, the big banks, essentially. So the and economy. The economy. <laughs> you know, the ultimate stick it to the man. Um, and, you know, at first he doesn't know who's behind it, but there's a big twist at the end. It has very Lynchian fight club undertones. It's very and good. And for Vendetta tones. Yeah, too. for Vendetta tones. It's very well shot. It's beautifully claustrophobic and just like so, it's just like, it's such a good show. It's something that you would not expect on USA, but like rather on AMC in terms of like the anti-hero craze as well. But just, like, how beautifully shot and acted and just done it is. And I'm so excited for season two, which apparently is going to be darker than season one. And I'm not really sure how they'll do that. If I, it might just, like, give me anxiety while watching it. I'll just, like, it's, it'll be too dark for me. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm really excited. Rami, Mal- Rami Malek is my new bae. I love him a lot. Um, he has, like, really big bulging eyes that, I don't know, but you can just see all the emotion and vulnerability in them. I like it. Yeah, he always looks like he's about to cry. He does. Yeah, and he's also half... He is Egyptian, and they made his character like can, canonically half Egyptian, which is really great. So, male leads of color. Yay! So, yeah, you, uh, Mr. Robot comes Yay! back to this week, I think on Wednesday. Yep, this Wednesday. Yay! Yay for cynical summer TV. I'm also watching Unreal, by the way, which is another great show on Lifetime, which we would not expect to be on Lifetime. but too Yeah, it, it was supposed to be on AMC probably also. Yeah. Um, another great... Instead, they're doing Preacher, show. so... Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about Mr. Robot, and that's my really like. Anya, what is Yay! yours? I really like Ghostbusters. Uh, I went to a preview screening of it last night, so I can't say a lot, but I can say that I really enjoyed it, and it's a lot of fun, and I will be seeing it again next weekend um, when it actually comes out, because I want to give it all my money. Um, so I won't say a lot. I will say that uh, it's really fun. It's a visual feast. It's so fun to look at. Um, the cast is great. Like, the cast makes this film. They're so funny. They have great chemistry. Um, the plot's a little rickety at times, but the cast really kind of 
keeps it together. Um, and Kate McKinnon is going to be the favorite. She's awesome in this film. Do you think this is kind of like, I mean, SNL is kind of her breakout role, but do you think in movies, in movie terms, this is her breakout? This will be her, like, I mean, like, SNL's her breakout role to an extent, but, like, people still don't know her name. Right, right. But, like, people um, know Kristen Wiig because she transferred to movies and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. I think this is going to be Kate McKinnon's way to, like, break out of the SNL mold and have people actually get to know her. Cool. Because she really steals this movie. Um, Chris Hemsworth also steals the movie. Yeah. I'm but he's already famous, so. Too, he's funny. Yeah, he's that. really funny. So I really enjoyed it. So, And I'm not, like, attached to the original at all. Um, but I thought this was just a really fun film. So, and ladies. Plenty ladies are the best. Do you think it will shut down the haters? No. <laughs> I mean, haters, gonna I, hate. haters are going to hate. And they're As gonna Taylor Swift once said. And they're going to be wrong, and it's fine. It's going to make money, and hopefully a lot of other people like it, because it's great, so. Well, I, yeah. as a male, am very excited for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. As everyone should be. Yes. All right. Well, I think that is our episode for the week. So, if any of you guys have any thoughts on summer reading, what you guys are reading, what you like to read during the summer, come let us know. Also, if you have any thoughts on Mr. Robot returning or what you guys thought of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and if you guys are looking forward to Ghostbusters uh, definitely come chat with us and where can they do that Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us in the search bar on Facebook uh, on Twitter we're at Falcon Podcast uh, you can uh, go to our blog millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com we're also on iTunes and Google Play where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us both there and also we're on SoundCloud which you might be listening to us right now um, so yeah that's where you can find us and where can they find you guys? Well, you can find me at Anya Crittenden on Twitter. You can find me at HTranBui on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. All right. Thanks Bye. for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.